Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1 through 4, and verse 8 through 11, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16 through 24, the Gospel according to John, chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, and 19 through 28, and Canticle 15. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Two pregnant women meet for tea. They have a lot to talk about. Some of it typical pregnancy chatter, morning sickness, how much weight they gained, how their bellies start to feel like watermelons, what if I get so heavy I tip over, stuff like that. But for Elizabeth and Mary, there's much more. Neither woman expected to be bearing a child. One is too old, the other's too young. And yet, one of them remembers when somebody had said to her a few months ago, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. That was Gabriel, the angel. Together with Mary's yes to Gabriel, they set in motion the time when heaven and earth would be joined in one person, the son in Mary's womb, whose birth we will soon celebrate. That's the context for Mary's song that she sings to Elizabeth. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. I always wonder about Mary, the teenage girl who gets blindsided by an angel who tells her that she will have the privilege not only to be a parent, but to be a parent to God's son, the Christ the Messiah. Mary knows she's been blessed. From this day, she says, all generations will call me blessed. But I wonder whether she knows what that blessing really entails. Because with that blessing comes responsibility. The responsibility of raising that child and watching him grow up. She will also bear the motherly concern and pride as he begins to lift up the lowly and fill the hungry with good things. And then she will bear the burden of sorrow as she watches him get in trouble with the authorities, be put on trial, and then executed, her child dying in agony and shame before her eyes. It's an awesome responsibility she has that comes with God's blessing. Throughout history, people have wondered about Mary. Why did God choose her? What was special about Mary? How did she, of all the women in the whole world, deserve to carry the Christ within her? Many people in the church have assumed that there, there must have been a little spark of the divine in her that separates her from the rest of us. Because how else would she be so privileged, so worthy of being the dwelling place of the Son of God? Again, with responsibility comes, with privilege comes responsibility, and that is the responsibility to live up to the privilege that's given to us. In Mary's case, the responsibility of bearing God's Son comes unbelievably with the privilege of being human. By choosing Mary, a poor human girl living in a rural village out in the boondocks in the middle of nowhere, God demonstrates that God honors and God trusts our humanity. In fact, 
In fact, it's precisely her humanity that makes Mary worthy of bearing and raising humanity's redeemer. So to turn Mary, an ordinary human girl, into a partly divine being, like some would want to do, would make it seem like God doesn't really mean it when God says that the Son would be fully God and fully human. God chooses Mary not because she is a perfect human, but because she is perfectly human, because she is completely human, deeply human. It is precisely her humanity that will allow her son Jesus to be also truly human, to live and die as one of us. Mary acknowledges her humble status when she says, he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. What does that mean for us? Well, for one thing, the song of Mary isn't just about Mary. God's favor and blessing are not just on Mary. Remember what your rector asked you to do every morning during Advent. Pray that you will meet Christ in people today. And pray that you will also meet Christ in yourself. In other words, be Mary. You carry the Christ within you, as Mary did. Be Mary today. And when you are, here's what happens. This is my story with apologies to people who might have heard this before. In September, after I'd been here at Redeemer for only one month, I had to have cataract surgery. Never mind that I had decided when I was younger that I would never need cataract surgery. Apparently, not my decision. But people told me that cataract surgery is no big deal. That is true about the surgery. It's a simple procedure. What was a big deal was the instructions the doctor gave me. He said that I could not wear eye makeup for a week after surgery, and I panicked. It sounds funny to, as I tell that to you, how devastating it was for me, but here's why. When I was in seventh grade, my social studies teacher read aloud from our world history book, a passage about the history of China. The book went into detail about the Chinese people, their weird sing-song language, their strange habits, their yellow skin, and especially their grotesque slanted eyes. As he read, my schoolmates turned around and made slanted eye faces at me laughing. It was humiliating to the core. I felt deep, deep shame at myself and deep, deep fear at the world that suddenly made its real self known to me. Because at that moment, I was exposed to the world as an unacceptable human being, not truly human, but rather Chinese, lowly. Mostly it was the eyes. So from that time on, for the next 60 plus years, I began wearing eye makeup, lots of it, tens of thousand dollars worth of eye makeup, not to look better, but to hide who I really was, a person of Chinese descent with those strange habits and the grotesque slanted eyes. I put on that makeup every single day, no matter what, even when I was sick, even when I was in the hospital, even in the middle of the pandemic when I knew I would not be seen by a single person. 
I wore it to hide who I really was from myself as well as from the world, lowly. My kids have never seen me without eye makeup. Imagine that. So the first Sunday after the surgery, I was afraid to come here to church. I cried silently all morning. I was afraid you would see me as I am, lowly with my veneer of acceptability gone. Your rector had told me earlier that week that he thought Redeemer would be a perfect place for me to be seen without my eye makeup, without my disguise. But I doubted it. Sorry, Phil, I doubted it. <laughs> I don't always believe you, you know. For 60 years, I had lived with the knowledge that no place was safe for me, the way I look unadorned, in a way my seventh grade self never grew up. So the first Sunday at the end of September would be the first time in 60 years that I would be seen before any group of people without that life-saving makeup that let me pretend I'm fully human. And you did not treat me any differently from before. You did not laugh at me. You smiled at me. You welcomed me. You even, you even talked to me. I was exposed, I was lowly, and the Christ in you lifted me up. Towards me you have been Mary, who bears the Christ within you. As Phil said, pray that you will meet Christ in yourself. When you bear the Christ within yourself, you are Mary. And when you do what Christ would do, lift up the lowly and fill the hungry with good things, you are Christ to people like me. You let me be and feel truly human. From that traumatic month when I had come to Redeemer feeling ashamed and lowly, I have experienced nothing but love and welcome. There's been no shame or rejection from you. And I think my experience is not unique. I think it would be the same for any of you who might be afraid that you might not be accepted here as you are for any reason, that you might not be accepted for your race or gender or age or even for your political beliefs. It is safe here. It's safe for all of us, even if we disagree, even if we differ in looks or identity or thoughts. It is okay to come here with an undefended heart. It's okay to be vulnerable here. As I see Redeemer, looking as an interim from the outside, I see that this is a place that wants to embrace you. There is no need to wear political or cultural eye makeup here to hide who you are. And people of Redeemer, as Mary, you do carry the Christ within you for others to meet and to know. As the face of Christ, for all the Marys around you, you too can lift up the lowly and feel the hungry, the lowly in spirit. Feel the hungry of heart with good things. Good things like love and welcome, forgiveness and justice, so that they too can be married to others. It's been over 60 years, but the Almighty has done great things for me through you. I'm still afraid. You can't erase that many years of shame and fear in a month. But I'm getting there with God's help and with your love. Just remember, you are Mary 
You bear the Christ within you, and what a blessing that is, and what a responsibility. Don't take that lightly. You may change someone else's life today. I'll be here until the end of July. I will have been here with you for one year before I ride off into the sunset on my horse. But if I remember anything, anything about my time here, I think that it would be that in my hours of loneliness, you were Christ to me. And you didn't even know it. So keep being Mary. Keep holding out to others the expansive, embracing love of Christ who is within you. And when you leave here and go out into the world, tell the world, tell the world that Mary is in this place, that Christ is in this place, and that God is with us all from generation to generation. Amen.